0: Well, we have a uh, occupancy issue a little bit this morning, and uh, we need to get everybody. If you can, would you if there's a if there's a seat where you can move into the center part, we have about 15 people that are still trying to get into the church today. Come on, isn't that a good thing? I'm gonna slide over. And... So, if you're able to, we got a few, and ushers, just let you know there's about four seats in the front here, and uh, just as much as you can, if you could slide over, that would be wonderful. Wasn't that amazing? Did a great job, and uh, all of the students that participated this last week at the national competition, it was just uh, amazing. Well, we are delighted to have Pastor Eugene back with us today. If if it is your first time... If it is your first time, he has been away for the last eight weeks, and uh, we forced him to go on a sabbatical, and uh, and he has been doing ministry for over 25 years, and uh, this is the very first time he's ever taken any type of extended time away, and so for the last eight weeks, uh, he hasn't been with us, but today, he is, and I don't know about you, but I've missed his teaching, I've missed his preaching, I've missed his vision, his beautiful face, and... and hey, uh, come on, and... <laughs> And, uh, I'm just excited to hear him him preach this morning. So, would you do something? With me? Would you stand to your feet? And can we honor our pastors? He's back for the first time tonight. Come on!
1: Hey, I love you. Great. Uh, amen. 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 You may be seated. Can you hand me a bottle of water there, real quick? Thank you, my brother. Well, good morning, everyone. Wow, it is so great to see you. The Wolves all the way from North Carolina. Dan and Glenda, they allowed us, they they hosted us, they hosted my wife and I for a week. It's great to have you with us this morning. Everyone, if you're here for the first time, I want you to know that I am so honored that you're with us today. Uh, 25 years, over 25 years of continuous ministry and this church, the leadership of this church, Uh, Kip Williams, Dave Lee, Marcus Goss, they they encouraged me. They said, Pastor, we're behind you. It's all going to be good. They encouraged me to take this time off. And then the staff. This could have not happened. This could have not happened without the team that we have here at City Church. And we have an incredible staff here (laughs) that that is here to serve you. They're here to serve you. And they continued the mission of bringing God's love to this city one person at a time. I just want to take just a moment. i got to do this up front, but I want to thank my staff. I want to thank Kim Jones, my assistant. She did an incredible job while I was gone. Linda Fowler right here in the front row serving, connecting, making sure that I had everything I need. Christina came in. Christina is volunteer. She came in. Extra days. Pastor Tom, our children's pastor, Kristen Hayes and her husband. I'm missing somebody. Oh, yeah. Right down here. Now listen, I know I was away, but you know the really cool thing about technology is that I got to watch the services online. And uh, I got to tell you, I was so blessed. I was so encouraged. I want you guys to know we have one of the great young preachers in America right in our midst. Give him a big hand. Pastor Glenn, did an outstanding job. I love to listen to his preaching. I love it, man. I just... It's just a great, great, great thing to be able to leave. And, and you guys continue to give. And then this most incredible congregation called City Church. You gave, you served, you kept coming to church. You know, sometimes when the pastor is away, the people play, you know. And so but you continue to come and give and serve. And I love you. It really is for my wife and I. It is a great honor to serve this city. I'm more in love with this community I have more faith, and more hope, and more vision for what God's going to do in this city than I ever have. And I want you to note that you are in the right place. You are exactly where God has you for this moment, for this day, and for this hour. I want to just show you a couple pictures real quick, and uh, hopefully I can wrap this into my message a little bit here, but these are just a couple of pictures. My first week, actually the first week that I was gone, I went to a monastery. And I don't know why I went to a monastery. It was the most unusual thing. And they took all these vows of silence, and I'm like, I'm the most talkative guy on the planet. <laughs> and you couldn't talk to anybody. That was really, that was real interesting. But there was, it was an experience. And then uh, the second week, my youngest son, Keenan, and I, we traveled to a place called Zion, Utah. And uh, we did what they call canyoneering. And you can see this, hold on to this picture. Uh, canyoneering is where you kind of squeeze between these cracks in the rocks, and then you find an open place, and then you jump off the rock. And it's called repelling. And uh, this is a group of us, uh, there were 11 of us on this day, and we were repelling, we repelled 600-foot repels. And uh, this is getting to the last one. And this, be, you know, I'm right there, the guy with the, with the blue shirt there, and I'm looking over the side, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and just go ahead and show a couple of the pictures here. This is some of what the repelling looked like. And it, it you know, it looks easy, but let me tell you, man, it takes everything you have with inside of you to push yourself off that rock. Go ahead and show another couple pictures. I don't know if you can see those. Oh, my wife said i got to move out of the way. I'm blocking that beautiful face of mine there. You see that? It's a little dark. Too. That's a group of guys that we were with. And got that? That's good. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to stand with me as we read God's Word. I'm going to speak to us over the next four weeks, a series entitled Hope for Hard Cases. Hope for Hard Cases. My text this morning is a text that's sandwiched uh, between two very hard, impossible cases. The God that you and I serve today specializes in hard cases. He specializes in touching, meeting, and helping us in our time when things seem to be impossible. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, we're going to read verse 24 through 34. And then our theme for this series is going to be Romans chapter 15, verse number 13. And the Bible says, So Jesus went with him, his him being Jairus. And a large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who was there had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and she touched. Everyone say touched. His cloak. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will. Did you hear that declaration? Everyone say, I will. I will will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped. And she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, the disciples answered. And yet you can ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell on his feet. It fell on her at his feet with trembling with fear and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. So go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Now I want you to turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse number 13. And the Bible says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to present to you the idea this morning that it's one touch from Jesus can change your earthly reality. One touch from Jesus can change your earthly reality. Let us pray. Father, I thank you this morning for the amazing grace that we've already experienced. We've worshipped you in spirit. we sung songs that were pleasing to you. We gave of our tithe and of our offerings. And Lord, now we come to this place to not only worship you in spirit, but now we're worshipping you in truth. Give every hear, here and ear to hear. Every ear, a ear to hear, and give me a mouth to speak. God, not my words, but your words, so that Jesus, you may be glorified. God, bless your people. Touch them. God, do what only you can do in your wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated this morning. Have you ever had a hopeless situation? I mean, come on. I mean, have you ever had a situation where you just felt like it was impossible? I mean... Uh, maybe you were in a marriage, if you're an older, you know, a little bit older, you, maybe you were in a marriage that just, man, it wasn't working, and this relationship was sideways, and everything you tried, and it just didn't seem to work. And you have this sense of despair, this sense of discouragement, or as the Bible would call it, hopelessness. Uh, maybe you've had a financial situation. Maybe, and you're looking at this stack of bills, maybe you don't even look at the bills. You just, you see the bill, and you just throw it in the trash, because you know that you don't have money to pay it. Uh, you look at your financial reality and you think, how in the world can things be different in my future? I was talking to someone the other day and they said they needed $2,000 for a certain thing. And they said, you know, that $2,000 to me right now seems like a million dollars. Maybe it's like this woman. Maybe you've had a long-term physical ailment in your body. Maybe you've had something that you've been wrestling with, struggling with. Maybe you've had a problem, an issue as we call them in our culture today. A couple of weeks ago, what really got me stirring on this thought, I was sitting in a courthouse up in DeLand, Volusia County Courthouse, and I was sitting there in the little snack room that they had, and I was taking care of some business I needed to take care of, and there was a young woman that was sitting next to me. And she had this workbook out, and she was working very intently on her workbook, and I struck up a conversation. I began to talk to her and began to ask her what she was doing. And she says, well, I'm working on some kind of life change book. I said, oh, that's cool. What's that? She said, well, I've been been told by the courts that I have to finish this material. I'm in a process of rehabilitation and restoration, and I have to finish this material. And I began to ask her about her life, and she began to tell me the story that at the age of 11, she began to use drugs at the age of 11, I became addicted very quickly. And she said, since the age of 11 to the age of 30, she said, I have struggled with addiction, and it's totally wrecked and ravished my life. And I looked at her. She was a beautiful young girl. I mean, she was an attractive young lady. But as I looked at her, I heard this in her voice, a sense of hopelessness. This addiction she felt in her mind and her thinking was constantly going to have a grip on her life. I began to talk to her and I, as i heard her story i shared my story i said well you know i had a similar story i started doing drugs as a young person and i said but in 19, you know uh, when i was about 20 years of age 21 years of age jesus He touched me. He changed me. And I began to tell her how Christ came into my life and and what God's done in me and and how we had started a program called Celebrate Recovery here at City Church to help people with hurts, habits and hangups. And and she was listening. And then as soon as I finished, she closed her book. She picked herself up and she walked outside. (laughs) Lit up a cigarette. That's all right. I said, Lord, I just planted a seed. Because I know today that literally the only one that can bring hope into her life, the one who can change her, the one who can save her, the one who can heal her, the one who can deliver her, the one who can make her life 180 degrees difference, has a name. You see, our hope today has a name, and His name is Jesus. Maybe you're here today. You know, we call it frustration. Maybe you're constantly just frustrated. You're angry at life. Uh, my neighbor yesterday was telling me about his life's journey. He said, you know, I was 20 years of age and I was blaming everyone else for my station of life. I so blaming everyone for all my problems. And he said, something happened to me one day. And, and I didn't know that he was a Christian. As a matter of fact, he was moving out of my neighborhood. The day that I met him, he lived there for years. I'd never met him before he began to tell me his story. He said, it was an aha moment. He said, Jesus saved him in one moment. And completely changed his life. And gave him a purpose. I was like, wow. Wow. I, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you don't know Christ. And you have that sense you tried and you're working. And, and it's just not seeming working. Maybe you know Christ today. Maybe you've had a a 50-year relationship with the Lord, but there's been this reoccurring thing in your life that keeps coming up to try to rob you and sap you of the joy and the peace that can be found in Christ. Although the Bible is filled with impossible, hopeless situations circumstances that appear in the Word of God. I want you to know today there is a truth that demonstrates itself over and over in the pages of the Bible. And this truth is that Jesus is more than adequate for every situation. There are no impossible situations with Him. There are no hopeless predicaments with the Lord. Your situation is not hopeless today. Your storm is not too great. Your sin is not too strong. Your sickness is not impossible. I want you to know today, the lost loved one, maybe that you you're raised up in the church, but they've gone the wrong direction. There is hope today in God. Right. I look at our story sandwiched between two impossible situations. A man the Bible calls a demoniac. It actually said he was filled with a legion of demons. Today we would just say he has mental issues. His mental issues were so severe that they, they had no such thing as psychiatric drugs or drugs that try to control behavior. They literally had to stick him out among the tombs because he would cut himself and beat anybody up who came around him. But Jesus passed his way. See, his situation seemed to be hopeless, but hope was on its way. A woman, a woman comes to Jesus, but in between that there's a man. Named Jarius, who has a daughter that dies. His situation seems to be hopeless. People here today. What you don't what you need today is not another doctor. Uh, What you need today is not another counseling session, although I believe in doctors and I believe in counseling sessions today. What you need today is just not some kind of temporary solution or some friend or relationship. What you need today is a dose of hope. You need to know that God this morning is for you. And if God can be for you, who can be against you? I want to restore your hope in the goodness of God and His plan for your life. Don't make the mistake today of thinking that what God did for someone else, He's going to do it exactly that way for you. See, God works in all kinds of ways in our life to bring change and transformation See, when I look look at this woman's life, I see that we can have hope even in times of long-term suffering. I mean, her problem was great. It was 12 years. And because of her bleeding, because of her bleeding disorder and the Old Testament law, I mean, she was literally an outcast. It would be, we don't really quite have Things like that in our culture today, unless somebody has an infectious disease, we might quarantine them. But in biblical law, if a woman in particular had a, had a menstrual cycle that never stopped, she wouldn't be allowed to sit on things, touch things. Anything that she sat on, they would have to destroy. Anybody that she touched would be immediately defiled and would have to go for a time of consecration and then go be declared clean by the priest. I mean, can you imagine that? how, how that affected her relationship with her husband if she was married? I mean, her husband wouldn't have been able to touch her for 12 years. Can you imagine how that affected all of her relationships? I mean, the sense of loneliness and discouragement, just feeling like there was no hope. No hope in her life. You see, her problem was great. Her issues seemed to be insurmountable. But this woman, this woman today, even in spite of her agony, in spite of the heavy burden that she carried, She heard about Jesus. Look at verse number 27. The Bible says, when she heard about Jesus. How'd she hear about Jesus? I don't know. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. She heard about him. How'd you hear about Jesus? How'd you hear about church today? I mean, who introduced you to the gospel? How did you know that you should come to this place if you have a need in your life? how do you know that? Well, someone told you. Somehow she heard about Jesus. She heard about the miracles. She heard about things that he was doing. She heard about the supernatural events that were taking place in people's lives. And the Bible says that when she came up behind him, she touched his cloak. I mean, can you imagine what she was thinking? I mean, this situation, this issue was going on for 12 years and now hope is passing her way. See, what I, know, what I know about a relationship with God is that God brings every person to a place of desperation. God brings every person in this room to a place where you can't fix it, you can't change it, you can't turn it around. You have to completely depend upon Him. She heard Jesus' passing. Jesus was walking her way. All of a sudden, hope springs up in her soul. You see, hopelessness today is not from God. Hopelessness is from your adversary. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion. He likes to make you feel like it's impossible. He likes to make you think your circumstances will never change. But I want you to know today that there's a healer passing your way. I want you to know today there is a Savior passing your way. I want you to know today there's a hope dealer coming your way. And his name is Jesus. She got to resolve. When was the last time you got to resolve to really do something different in your life to make a difference? One of the young men in our church has just gotten saved for the last few months. And, and I saw his picture on Facebook last night. He was doing one of those, you know, he's on a diet and he's losing weight and he's doing one of those, you know, kind of slim down and and looking in the mirror and, 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 uh, And you know what that took? That took resolve. That took resolve. That took a determination that he was going to do something different with his life. Because if you keep doing the same things you've always done, you're going to get the same results. And if those things you are doing are broken, if those things that you are doing aren't working, you are going to keep experiencing the same reality, the same pain, the same disappointments, the same discouragements. But I want you to know today, I want you to know today that it took just one touch. It took just one touch. You see, something went from her head. She heard, but her heart began to believe. See, she went from this sense of despair, discouragement, to desperation. She heard, and now something leapt up. It welled within her heart. I call that faith. You see, the difference between wishful thinking and the difference between wishful thinking and and hope is that wishful thinking just kind of wants something to get better. Hope believes that it will be better. Hope believes that my future will change. Hope believes that what I'm experiencing now will not always be with me. Hope believes that if I put my trust and confidence in God, things will turn around for my good and for His glory. You see, I want you to know today, this woman, it went from a hope in her head to a faith in her heart. And it caused it to be released by her reaching out her hands to touch the King James says. The hymn of his garment. See, it was just one touch. It was just one touch. It was just one moment. And she knew that something different, there was something different about her life. Someone once said, hope is faith in seed form. And faith is hope in final form. She was desperate. She needed a touch. See, her long-term suffering Suddenly, got a dose of hope. Hope showed up in her most desperate hour. I want you to know today that God is for you. The greatest thing that I can tell you today is that God is for you. God really loves you. In first service, there was a young woman that responded to the altar. And I looked at her right in the eyes. And I just said, young lady, I said, I want you to know that Jesus really loves you. I mean, I just, with all the intensity that I could look into her eyes and she just, probably the whole experience in church and I had never seen her in my life and she was looking at me and, and they prayed with her and she walked up the door, they gave her some material and I found her outside and I said, listen, I said, I said, I said with you, I said, with you, because God is for you, the sky is the limit. I said, never take your eyes off Jesus. What happens in your life, in my life, is that we start focusing on the wrong thing. We start looking to the, wrong, to the wrong answers. We start looking to the wrong things to fix our problems. This woman fixed her eyes on Jesus. She touched him. She touched him. The Bible says she touched him. His garment. And then he said, who touched me? Who touched me? Did he know? Of course he do. But he was doing something in her life. He wanted her to confess. See, the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of, of the Father. See, what the heart believes, but with the mouth, the mouth confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no other way to be saved other than through confession. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that God has raised Christ from the dead will be saved. He got her to confess. It is I, Lord. She told him the whole truth. This is what I did. I touched you. I touched you, Jesus. I touched you, Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus, at that moment, He received her and He looked at her and He called her, Daughter. Billy, he called her daughter a term of, enter- of endearment. First John says that if we love God, He will love us and we will be called children of God. There is no greater thing on this planet than to be called a child of God. Jesus used the term. He never said this of any other woman, but this woman. He said, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has Healed you. She did her part. God did his part. And guess what? There was a miraculous. There was supernatural. Where there was no hope, that now there is hope. Where there was no victory, now there is victory. Where there was only brokenness and discouragement and despair, now there was a sense of faith and confidence. God will change my circumstances. One touch from Jesus. It was one touch. One touch from the Lord. What about you today? Where are you at today? (sighs) Do you need a touch? I just I want you to know today it's just one touch. I've shared my story many, many times and but I gotta tell you that it it wasn't that one touch that happened november seventeenth, nineteen eighty three. Or I got good saved, as I like to say. I got good saved. Or God radically changed my life. It was August 8th, 2013, Monday night. I had been on sabbatical for the last seven or eight months, and we had a great time. And I you know, we went to a lot of fun places and did a lot of things. And, and I felt better. I mean, I was definitely feeling relaxed and I was feeling better. But I, I still knew that this was here. I still knew that everything that I do, my responsibilities and my weights was still in my world. I sat in a service on Monday night and I listened to a pastor. His name was Choco. Choco Rodriguez from Chicago. And I listened to this pastor and he's beginning to preach. And as he began to speak, I could tell that Spanish was his first language and I know he wanted to speak in Spanish. As a matter of fact, every once in a while, he'd break in Espanol, Espanol. And when he was preaching in Spanish, man, it was fire, man. You could just feel it. But as he was preaching... As he was preaching, God began to touch my heart. My heart began to open up towards heaven. He got to the end of his message and he said, listen, I want you today, if you need a touch from God, if you need God to do something in your life, when I count to three, I want you to come. Listen, there was 15,000 people, there were over 30,000 people at the convention. There were 15,000 people in the room and he did the one, the two and the three. And when he got to the one, I said, forget about three. I pushed down my row. I made people get out of my way and I ran down to the altar with my hands lifted up in heaven. And at that moment, the God of hope, of all hope, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, His name is Jesus, came passing my way, and He touched my heart. And I felt the presence and the power of God liberate me. I want you to know, it ain't just for me. I know, what well, you're the preacher, boy. And then, nah, now. Nah, let me tell you, I got the same junk and trials and troubles and frustrations and pains. I probably just have more of them. <laughs> I need a touch from Jesus. I need a touch from Jesus. I want you to stand with me this morning. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Oh, I'm telling you, this is not make-believe. This is reality. What Jesus did for this woman 2,000 years ago, not only is He able, but He is willing today to change your life. He loves you. He died. The greatest expression of God's love is that Jesus died on the cross for you. He wants to change you. But change is never an external thing. Change always starts with the heart. And then it works out ex- externally. But it always starts inside of your heart. You've heard today. The word. You've heard not my words. I believe you've heard the word of God. With your eyes closed. I believe that, that God's spirit beginning to touch you. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus. You've never accepted, you know today your life isn't right with Him. You're not a follower of Christ. You know today that your life isn't right with God. And in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity and I'm, I'm going to ask you, do you want Jesus to change you? Do you want Jesus to forgive you? Maybe you're here today, and you're a believer, and but you have had some just stuff going on way too long. And you just kind of settled in. And you just kind of accepted. You just, you know, you prayed about it, but, not. but today there's something in you. You need a touch from heaven. You need a fresh dose of hope in your soul. You're here today. You've never accepted Christ. Or maybe, you, you know, you did. I'm not talking about being baptized. I'm not talking about joining. I'm talking about surrendering your life to Jesus. And you know today, your life's not right with God. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, right now in this room. Wow, all over this room. Come on, I see those hands, I see those hands, I see those hands. I see that hand back there. Come on, anyone else? Anyone else? Come on, God's speaking to you. Don't miss this moment. He's passing your way. You put your hands down. You're here today and you need a touch from heaven. You're a believer You're just a scurry. Honestly, you're just a scurry. You're like, I don't know. I don't know. I can keep doing this. I just can't keep going like this. Something's got to change. You're here today. You need a fresh dose of hope. You need Jesus to touch you again. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Come on, raise your hand right now. Right now. I want you to begin to make your way. You got your hand up? I want you to begin to make your way. I want you just like this woman who pressed through the crowd. I want you to touch Jesus. I have some prayer partners. I want you to come at this time. You raise your hand. You need a touch from heaven. I want you to come. You you want to receive Christ today. I want you, come on, just push through. Step outside of your idol. There might be some people blocking your way. Let's not waste time. Jesus is here to touch your life. Jesus is here to change you.